Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and this morning we'll be visiting with Catherine Hall from Downtown Dog Rescue. We'll be sharing some very important information about a very special event coming up that you won't want to miss. And a little later, Dr. John Hadidan, an urban wildlife expert from the Humane Society of the United States, will be talking about wild critters in your backyard and as usual, there's going to be a lot of great information that you might want to jot down, so you'll need a pad of paper and a pen handy, unless, of course, you're driving, then you're just going to have to remember everything. Actually, if you do miss out on a little bit of info, you can always surf on over to our PetPlace.org website a little later and fire us off an email, and we'll be sure to send you all the info that you need. So don't write and drive. You're listening to AM 540 and 1260. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 540 and 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now from a very special organization is Catherine Hall from Downtown Dog Rescue. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Marie. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you could be here. You know, I, I heard about um, your organization a while back. One of our guests actually mentioned your organization. He got his dog from you guys, and I thought you'd be a wonderful organization to feature on the show. So thank you again for coming. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about what Downtown Dog is all about. Well, Downtown Dog Rescue was started uh, back in 96, actually, by Lori Weiss. Uh, she works down, uh, she's the general manager of Modernica Warehouse uh, downtown, and they are adjacent to Skid Row, oh, where okay. she works. They're actually in the industrial part of downtown. Mm-hmm. And she literally just noticed right in her backyard where she worked, there were an awful lot of stray animals. Okay. And she and one of her coworkers, uh, Richard, decided to start uh, trapping them, is what they did. And they started to actually spay and neuter them on their own. Okay. And they would let them back loose. They didn't actually have facilities. And one thing grew into another, and through word of mouth, and they became this fantastic organization that now deals with stray animals and animals belonging to homeless people, and they help provide medical care and attention oh, and wow. food. And they now also deal with uh, animals of very, very low-income families in that adjacent area as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, did they find that the animals that they were trapping and spaying and neutering um, actually did belong to the homeless people in the area? You know, there are probably an awful lot of stories they'll really never know the final outcome. They were just strays. They usually don't have tags. They're not Mm -hmm. microchips. So it's really hard to know any information on these animals. 
but what was clear to them was that the population that's not taken care of is simply astounding, and they were simply attempting to keep future generations from being born. Makes sense to me. Absolutely, <laughs> doesn't it? I, I mean, they have made a dent. You know, if you look at actual numbers, my guess is that they have probably prevented hundreds of thousands of animals from oh, being definitely, born. Definitely. Now, I'm assuming they're taking in both dogs and cats or just No, actually, dogs? they downtown dog rescue, they pretty much are just handling dogs. We oh, don't really okay. have the facilities to house other animals because the entire operation is run by a small handful of people. Lori herself does the majority of the work and at any one time is handling probably 20 to 30 dogs herself. And and that's a brave, brave girl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm sure a lot of these dogs aren't the most social dogs. That's true. That's true. And what's nice about this rescue is they also work very, very hard to... Uh, attempt to get to know these animals, animals rehabilitate them, and then match them with the proper home. It doesn't do us any good if we're putting animals with a home that it's not going to work out with and they're going to get returned to us. Uh, Lori always says when she finds a dog a home, she she wants a Christmas card once a year with a photo and a Santa hat, and that's about it. Uh (laughs) On to the next. Oh, my goodness. Well, so now we're not at the point where they're being released anymore. They Correct. are being kept. Yes, she does have actual okay. kennels, and we do work with foster families as well. Uh, occasionally I'm one of them uh, so taking animals in. It sounds like you guys need some volunteers. We can <laughs> always <laughs> use volunteers. Well, Absolutely. how would one get involved then? Uh, you can get in touch with us a bunch of different ways. We have a hotline. We're always checking the messages. The phone number is 818 407 4145. And you can also check out our website. It's www.downtowndogrescue.com. Dot org. Okay. Uh, you can shoot us emails. Uh, you can take a look at links, uh, previous press. You can see all of the animals that we have for adoption and their stories that go along with them. That's fabulous. I hope you do get a lot of uh, volunteers I, that, I do that are too. listening to this program that say, this is exactly what I want Whether to do. you want to come and work <laughs> an adoption event for uh-huh. us sometime, uh, if you have an interest in fostering an animal, if uh, money's good, you can always send money, oh, <laughs> supplies, anything that you think is relevant, really. Oh, we're we're open and available to take it all in. It's a really amazing uh, job that you guys are doing. Now, I, I've uh, scoured the website, mm-hmm. and, and you're actually doing something that I think is very, very admirable. You're going out into the community, and you're... Uh, really promoting spaying and neutering. Yes. And I noticed you're going to have a big spay and neuter event. Yes, we are. One of the main missions of this organization has always been spay and neuter. That's really the heart of the problem. It's sheer numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lori has truly always believed that you, you have to get in and make an impact that way. Uh, otherwise, you're constantly just band-aiding the problem. Right. So one of the enormous things that this organization does is they uh, they have partnered with the Amanda Foundation, who runs a, a spay mobile clinic, and Lori actually produces events. She produces uh, a spay mobile clinic uh, every every other month, I believe, in okay. South Central, and every three months in Compton. Wow. And we also have an enormous event coming up on Saturday, March 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is at the Mother of Sorrows Church 
in South Central. I believe the address is 100 West 87th Place. Okay. And the event will run from the the event with the DJ and the prizes and all of that good stuff is going <laughs> to be DJ from. A DJ to go along with a standard. That's event. exactly <laughs> right. We'll we'll do whatever it takes. Okay. Um, it's all going to go from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. on okay. that Saturday. Now we our goal for this event was to have 100 appointments. Okay. Uh, and we've actually already accepted 100, over 100 appointments have called in for oh, people to bring yeah. their animals. So at this point, our phone line's open, and we'll take as many as many as call in. We're going to show up there with the clinic at 6 a.m. that Saturday, and mm-hmm. the vets will be ready to go, and they will literally perform as as many surgeries as as people arrive with their animals. And if we have to come back the next day to do it, or the next weekend, we don't we don't care if there's 500. We'll oh, get them all taken care of. That's amazing, and and the Amanda Foundation therefore is is the Amanda Foundation is an, they actually provide all of the services. Okay. And then we take care of everything else: the outreach, the networking. We raise the funds okay. to pay for the services. Uh, we hand out all of the flyers. We will have more than 30 volunteers there helping to check everybody in, um, and again, we will spay, neuter, and microchip everybody's animals. That is so fantastic. I noticed also you're really trying to get the pit bull crowd in to have them spayed and neutered. We we are, and one of the reasons is because there is an enormous need there. Lori and Richard really went where the need is, and specifically in the area where they work, again, adjacent to Skid Row and South Central, um, that that's that breed is really uh, prevalent there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, I I don't know exact percentages, but probably 70 to 80 percent of the animals that we rescue and find homes for are are pit bull or pit mixes. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that before I started working for these girls uh, and Richard, I didn't have much of an appreciation for this breed, oh. and I sure do now. Uh-huh. I really do. I think it's a lovely, um, mistreated and misunderstood breed. Absolutely. If if a pit bull is socialized and raised with love and attention, they are the most friendly, um, loyal, loving, big pushovers yeah. that you could imagine. Um, I have a neighbor a couple houses down who has a pit bull, and and they also have a couple of cats, and he is totally bullied by those <laughs> cats. And it's all in the way that you raise them, it and, sure and that's is. true for any dog. But when you have a big, powerful dog, mm-hmm. it's absolutely essential that you spend time socializing, loving, uh, teaching, you know, good obedience. Everything that you should be doing anyway, but more so if you have a big dog like a pit bull. Absolutely, and more so with this breed that people are generally afraid of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this organization has done an awful lot to to be able to, um, to, to get a better word out on this breed. I'm oh, just really great. impressed with all the work they've done. I, I have a question for you. You know, a lot of young guys enjoy having pit bulls because they're big manly dogs. Yes. And uh, when you even hint around at possibly getting their manly dogs neutered, <laughs> they're not too thrilled about that. No, How they're, they're really that? they're really <laughs> not, actually. Um, and I think a lot of times that comes down to that uh, that comes down to educating yourself about what that really means in the long run. And th- they understand that 
their dog could have a litter. And mm-hmm. they say, well, but I'll I'll find homes for all of those dogs. Right. Yes, you will, but once you sit and do the math, how do we know that any of those future generations' families are going to take care of that animal? And what about once they have puppies? Right. And the numbers are so great that there is bound to be suffering exactly. in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So is it really worth the fact that you were able to put a few dollars in your pocket? Not at all. It's not to us. Yeah. And we're hoping that other people end up understanding that as well, that that um, just because you have the ability or are taking care of your animal, you cannot guarantee that other people for generations to come will. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're doing wonderful work. We're just about out of time. The time just flies on these interviews. So before I let you go, please let everybody know one more time a little bit about your event, sure. when it will be held, and uh, contact information for Don- Downtown Dog. Sure. Uh, again, uh, the organization is Downtown Dog Rescue. Our website is www.downtowndogrescue.org. Our hotline is 818 407 uh, 4145. The event is going to be Saturday, March 1st at the Mother of Sorrows Church uh, in South Central. And again, there, <laughs> laugh if you will, there's going to be a DJ and prizes and training exhibits, and we will be there and we'd love to see you. Thank you so much, Catherine, for all that you do and all that your organization does. We need to take a very quick break now on the Pet Place radio show, but we'll be right back with Dr. John Hadidan from the Humane Society of the United States, who will be sharing some invaluable information about safe coexistence with local wildlife. So don't go away. We'll be back soon with more Pet Place radio here on AM 540 and 1260. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 540 and 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now from the Humane Society of the United States is Dr. John Hadidian. Welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. Thank you, Marie. I'm so glad you can come on and and talk today. Now, I understand you're an urban wildlife expert. I I work in urban wildlife. As for the expert part, we'll let other people decide. Well, you know, I think it's a it's a very good topic, especially to be discussing this time of year, because um, here in the uh, the L.A. area, especially, um, people tend to have a lot of problems with urban wildlife because this is the time that uh, mamas are out with their babies and and uh, young critters are getting out and exploring and getting into a little bit of mischief. Yes, it is that time, and we're just a couple of weeks behind you here in Maryland. Okay, well, I know that people tend to be um, a little overly afraid of urban coyotes and, and tend to have big reactions when they see them uh, running around in the city. What's your advice about urban coyotes? Well, you know, uh, Los Angeles is one of the very first places, if not the first place in the country, that, that coyotes came into, into the public consciousness. And I think you out there kind of have begun to know what to do and what not to do around those animals. Mm-hmm. Ever to feed them, which is the first and I think most emphatic advice I would give. Never get them uh, to the point where they're conditioned to not fear people. And, um, you know, they know the rules, you know the rules, and I think we're going to learn how to live with these animals much better than we have in the past. 
Well, I sure hope so, but I tell you, I, I worked for uh, Orange County Animal Control for many, many years, and one of my um, uh, areas was with urban wildlife. And no matter how much education we put out there, it seemed like it never seemed to sink in. People would continue to feed their pets outside. They would leave uh, trash cans filled with food, you know, out on the, the curb the night before. And, and, of course, they'd put their cats outside to roam loose, which was, you know, a wonderful meal for most urban coyotes. Right. And then they'd get mad at the coyotes for coming in and raiding their trash cans, eating their pet foods, and eating their pets. <laughs> so tell me, what's, what's the, the, magic, uh, the magic here to get people to listen and to be a little more responsible? You know, there's some great programs that are coming out of, um, from our, our neighbors up north in Canada mm-hmm. that involve school-based education and getting kids to understand not just about coyotes but about all of the animals that live around them and, and the fact that they are wild animals because the kid's first tendency is to want to embrace or pet or be friends with. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And I think we ought to turn more of our attention to that and kind of bring up a generation of people that understand, you know, what's going on out there. I'm in complete agreement with you. I used to joke around when I'd give presentations that I've completely given up on adults, and I just, uh, I'm putting all of my hope in the kids who are up and coming and who actually really soak in all this information like sponges and take it to heart. And then they go home and they tell their parents about it, which is kind of uh, nice, but but still, in the meantime, we have people who, when they see um, any kind of urban wildlife, they immediately want uh, county and state officials to come in and basically eradicate them. And I'd really like to get your thoughts on this. What are we going to do in the now to get people to realize that they can safely coexist with our urban wild neighbors if they take reasonable precautions? Well. That's a fascinating question, and there are probably several answers to it. One, of course, is to do this more public education thing, and we try here with our publications and our new book to kind of get the message across to people in general. But more importantly, at the community level, uh, to have the resources and to have the knowledge base with our first responders, and I, I'm, by that I'm referring to the animal control agencies, local humane societies, sometimes even police departments where they can, I mean, they're, they're the ones that are going to get calls when something is out there that people feel is threatening and mm-hmm. we need attention. And I think the messaging that they give to the callers on the other end of the phone is critical in explaining whether or not and understanding whether or not there is a problem or a danger or not. Okay. Well, I'll tell you a little bit of um, my experience in uh, with regards to this. Someone will call, they're upset because they were out walking their dog and a coyote came up in what they almost routinely call bold and brazen. In fact, uh, my husband and I are always laughing whenever we read newspaper articles. We scan and see how many times they're going to call coyotes bold and brazen. It's so typical. But they say they come out, they act in this bold and brazen way and they, they are threatening and and um, and they want something done immediately. And then if you try and go the education route with them, they get really angry, and they say, who's your boss? And then they go and they talk to the Board of Supervisors and other uh, top-level politicians um, in the locale, and they say they want something done. And, of course, uh, the politicians, not really understanding wildlife biology, will say, oh, well, we'll go out and we'll eradicate those animals, which is totally contrary to what the first responders said, and so it becomes this 
crazy circle um, where we never be able to get anything done. <laughs> I agree with you more. You're you're absolutely right, and I don't know how, except by persistently explaining to people what's going on, that we're going to get to the true answers. I mean, you are you are addressing a situation that occurs commonly when a male coyote is pairing with a female and is defending her or the male and the female both have a nearby den and by someone bringing a dog into their territory they are responding as as any canid would to a perceived threat right we need to tell people look if that happens if you see a bold and brazen coyote you can figure out why it is being that way and you can just turn around and leave and exactly walk around it <laughs> I so completely agree with you, and and I just wish there was a way to get that point across to the public that that we can all coexist safely with wildlife as long as we use common sense and take reasonable precautions. Hey, while I have you on the phone, I want to also talk to you about raccoons um, in the area. I write a column in the Orange County Register about raccoons, and my take on urban wildlife is you eliminate the food sources and the the comfy home environment that a lot of houses um, present to wildlife, and and wildlife will move on, and their their populations are completely dependent on food availability and shelter, and if that's not around, um, populations will naturally decrease, and the animals will move out further to the uh, the areas that are less inhabited by human beings. Um, but still, in spite of that, uh, we do see raccoons coming in and out, and um, I try and encourage people to uh, take these precautions that I've outlined. But I had a veterinarian um, write a very angry letter to me explaining that raccoons carry a very deadly parasite to humans. Um, I'm wondering if, if you know anything about this and if you can expand on this at all. Sure. Uh, what... Uh, what they're referring to is a roundworm, an, an internal parasite, uh, by the long and, and somewhat cumbersome scientific name of Bayless Ascaris prokionis. Uh, a lot of wild animals have their own particular species of roundworms. This one is particularly uh, problematic for people who are immune compromised or small children if they ingest the eggs somehow, and the eggs are passed in the animal's feces. So it's a very unusual circumstance to get human exposures, but it does happen sometimes when small children are left unattended in yards and pick up and put things in their mouth that they shouldn't or there's other accidental-type contact. Okay, so, so yet again, this is just another instance where if you use proper safety precautions, watch your kids when they're out playing, and, and uh, you know keep your yard fairly cleaned up so it doesn't present a, a good environment for wild animals you're probably not going to have a problem with this yes and we we also strongly advocate that these animals should not be allowed to take up you know residence in our homes excellent you know i'm i'm i hate to cut you off so soon this is a an excellent discussion where can our listeners get more information before we uh we end our little conversation here uh, at the humane society of the united states website at www.wildneighbors.org. Great information, Dr. Hadidian, and thank you so much for talking with us today. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back momentarily here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 540 and 1260. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's about time to wrap things up here. Before I go, I wanted to thank Ralph's Pet Club again for being a huge supporter of the Pet Place and our mission to find homes for homeless pets, as well as provide humane education to the public. What you might not know about Ralph's Pet Club is that in addition to offering shoppers some great rewards for purchasing pet products at their stores, they also contribute quite a lot of money to animal shelters and humane programs. So when you do your pet shopping at Ralph's, you're helping homeless pets. A very big and heartfelt thanks goes out to Ralph's for their commitment to this cause. Now, I mentioned the Pet Place website a little earlier, and I wanted to give out the address one more time so you can take a look next time you're online. It's www.petplace.org. You'll notice there's contact information there, so if you have any questions you'd like answered or have some suggestions for topics for our show, please write in. We received many wonderful letters in response to our Pet Place television show tribute to Fred Bergendorf last week. And I know he would have been so pleased to know how many people care about this program. So thank you to everyone who has written in. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m., be sure to watch or record the Pet Place television show on KOC. We will be showcasing some wonderful adoptable pets that you won't want to miss. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next week here on AM 540 and 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.